Hey everyone, Simon here. You may remember me from such podcasts as this one. Uh, we at 11FS get asked an awful lot, how do you build a challenger bank? Funnily enough, uh, we've gone and written a report. Um, the report is called How to Build a Bank, and it takes you through uh, a different way of doing it, we think. Uh, a way in which you can start small, dream big. Uh, you can think about how do you go and find that product market fit? How do you find that tiny, small proposition that customers are going to absolutely love? What customer job needs to be done? What tech needs to be put underneath it? Who are the vendors and platforms that you need to support? And how do you actually scale one of these things? Uh, that's available now. Uh, at bit.ly forward slash how to build a bank. This podcast is brought to you by Stake, the digital brokerage app bringing you unrivaled access to the US market. Invest in over 3,500 US stocks and ETFs, including game-changing companies like Google, Amazon, and Tesla. Trading is instant, direct, and commission-free. And with a fully digitized sign-up, you'll be in the market in minutes. So visit hellostake.com or search for Stake Trade to seize the U.S. market's $31 trillion worth of opportunity today. Welcome to Fintech Insider Interviews. I'm David Breer, and I'm pleased to be joined today by Sunil Chandra, who is the CEO of Oak North on the technology side of things. Is that right? Thank you, David. Thank you for having me. I mean, it's a super interesting. I mean, I saw the news break when you were appointed, and I was like, when Oak North do a thing, they do it really seriously. <laughs> so, I mean, your your background is phenomenal. Like, I'm, we're going to kind of unpack this a little bit in terms sure. of what you've been doing, but. Um, I mean, first and foremost, like, how have you found the the move from sunny San Francisco, or I mean, sunnier San Francisco than here, to living in London? Well, one of the things I've found in London is the the topic du jour is always the weather, <laughs> and as it turns out, in San Francisco, that's exactly the same topic as really? well. So with the fog rolling in, and you all have a bit of darkness in the evenings, you know, we're not really missing that much sun per se. But it's uh, it's it's a great city. It's so absolutely we, wonderful. We city. have a lot in common with San Francisco. You there, do indeed. Yeah, you do indeed. I mean, we have a bit of a obviously quite a, an interesting sort of um, penchant for technology here as well. You know, the, the London scene has really sort of flourished. But I mean, how have you found the difference between what's been happening in San Francisco with the obviously the yep. explosion of technology companies um, and actually then everything that's kind of happened in the, the UK scene? Yeah. I mean, if you think about what's made Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley, it's 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 actually an ecosystem. So it's an ecosystem of the availability of venture capital, of kind of talent, if you want to think of that as capital, and then just this drive for innovation across multiple companies. And I'd say the interesting thing that I've seen coming to London over the last few months is you see exactly the same ingredients. You know, London's always been known for the hub of attracting talent from all over the world. There's a lot more entrepreneurial spirit um, that has grown over the years. And, you know, obviously you have a lot of venture capital now in, in town. Um, and that's made for all the amazing fintechs that you mm. see that are actually coming out of London, not out of Silicon Valley. Yeah. And a lot of other industries and a lot of other startups that are, uh, that are growing up here. Well, and obviously, I mean, your, your background's before Oak North. We'll get into your, sure. your new role. Sure. Is it still a new role? How long have you been in post uh, Five months, I five think. Months. So still new feel to it then. That's good. <laughs> um, but I mean, your previous roles, yeah. I mean, you were at Google for, was it 12 years? About 12 years. And what were you doing at Google? So I looked after talent and operations. So all of our hiring, all of our talent around the world. Um, you know, when I started, it was a relatively small company. You know, it's a bit hard to imagine that far back now, but we were a few thousand people deep. There was a few people in the team. Um, and obviously that has grown over the years to be you know, a slightly larger company, if I could say. Well, and an organization famed for its talent. So that's if you right. were responsible for talent and operations, that's a 
pretty big thing to have kind of done. So, and you, like you say, scaled it from about three to 5,000? Yeah, we started when I joined uh, in 2007, we were about 7,000 people deep and yeah. uh, they've just hit about 100,000. Wow, that's amazing. So, I mean, so what were the challenges through that? I'm sure we could, I mean, have we got three hours spare just to kind of talk? Because <laughs> like that is an amazing sure. lesson in itself, right? And sure. What you know? What were the challenges that you sort of faced? Because I mean, we've uh, personally, from Eleven FS's perspective, we've spoke to various different people over at Google on how OKRs work and how the process for even like a weekly town hall, like these, you know, keeping some of those rituals alive over that period must have yeah. been quite difficult. Yeah, I think you know the, the the secret to Google's success, if you could boil it down to a few things, was really Larry and Sergey and the executives teams focus on talent and culture. Um, you know, we're the Google, I should, I should not say we, they are known for. Um, I mean, after 12 focus, years, that's going to take a long it, it time. It takes a while to, to get out yeah. of the system. But, um, <laughs> no, you know, they, they, we were, they were, we were all very, very focused and the company continues to be focused on talent mm-hmm. and acquiring and bringing on board the best people, helping them grow and keeping them there. And then culture is something that you always nourish as a company grows. It's not a one-time set-and-forget type of thing. It's something that we always talked about. Um, and I'd actually say that is a secret to success. You know, it's the uh, having great people, having great culture, innovating, trying lots of different things is what led has led to Google and, you know, several other tech companies as well. Um, doing incredibly well over the last decade. Mm. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, I, I I say personally, I say the exact thing. It's like nothing matters other than culture and talent. Like actually, if you get those two things right, whatever it is that you choose to do as an organization, you've got a, a much better chance of actually yeah. making those things happen. Um, it's really hard to protect that, you know, because essentially to your point, um, I don't think culture is something that you create and you forget. It's not something that you write a, you know, values and then it's done you know it's like and actually every new person who comes in changes it for the the positive right i think many organizations if you look at the you know why fintech is an opportunity right now it's because the big organizations forgot that right i would say you know with culture one of the things i've always said to leaders is repetition doesn't spoil the prayer Mm. so the more you talk about culture the more you bring people on the more you talk about culture that's a virtuous loop and the beauty of fintech is it's almost a combination of very different things. You've got a world of finance where accuracy, the regulatory environment, depth of knowledge really matters. And you've got a tech environment where experimentation and risk really matters. And fintech, I guess, is the new opportunity to bring both those yin and yang, if you want, together um, to be able to kind of orchestrate new wonderful ways of dealing with the world of finance and creating consumer stories, creating enterprise stories, mm. creating products uh, that bring the best of both worlds. Yeah. Well, and, and does that is that what has attracted you? Because obviously the move from, you know, Google and everything that Google does to, you know, a, a, I, you know maybe not a small British fintech, but, you know, moving to London and, you know, joining, sure. joining a fintech player. What was the, what was the attraction? It was a few things. And a lot of folks asked me exactly that question. What took, what took me from uh, San Francisco to London and from Google to Oak North? I'd say first and foremost was really the founders. So Joel and Rishi, who are just incredible founders. Mm-hmm. Um, they had founded another business, which they sold. So this was their second time around. This business was founded on a real business need, which they themselves faced when they were starting their first uh, first company, which is if you're a growth company and you're early in your career, how do you think, or early in your life cycle, how do you think about funding? So it was a very real use case. I think the team that they've built, 
is absolutely phenomenal. So today we're about 750 people deep at Oak North and it's just the start. I think the other thing that was just really compelling was the mission to help mid-sized companies grow. Because if you think about communities at large, really it's the mid-sized growth companies that provide most employment opportunities. So they're kind of a pillar of society. So in a way, we bring the best of technology, of great people to serve a market that's very, very real for every community everywhere yeah. in the world. Uh, and it's a lot of fun building companies. You know, we all think of Google as a large company, but when I started, it was a small place. Um, so most of my career has been marked by taking things and helping those companies scale into, you know, the companies that they have become. And, uh, and I've been very, very fortunate. And to do that with Joel and Rishi is uh, equally very, very fortunate. I mean, having spoken to those guys a, a bunch before, um, their aspiration is not to stop at 700 people. So That's very right. much when I saw the, you know, the, the release and, uh, you know, you joining them, I was like, I mean, how many noughts are going to be on the end of that 700 <laughs> by the time you guys are done? But I mean, obviously, a big part of what you're going to be looking at is not just the, uh, the, the sort of B2B or B2C side of things. You know, yep. you're not there to uh, increase the amount of loans that are happening. You're very much looking at the platform side that's of the correct. business. Um, so I guess what's, what's in plan? Because there's a lot that's been uh, sort of wrote recently around uh, everything that you guys aspire to do with the, is it, uh, what's the platform called? Uh, we just got Oak North, Oak North platform. Was it there? I thought there was a, I'm sure there was a wood rep or a tree reference in there. I know uh, Rishi likes to name everything after there, a tree of some once, description. Once upon a time, it was called Acorn. There you go. Um, uh, now it's Oak North. <laughs> but um, so being in this situation where yeah. these things have the ability to really, really scale in them, yeah. either from a size or from a geographical perspective, is what's the aspiration? Yeah, absolutely. So um, in the four or five months that I've been there, we've doubled the size of the engineering team. So you're not wrong that our aspirations are growth across uh, across the years to come. And still very, very early days for us, you know, as a company. Uh, we're very young as a company. I think as a young company, we have the beauty of being able to ship fast, to course correct, you know, for our customers, which happen to be the large financial institutions, for them to have direct access to the senior leaders in the company, and for the folks in the company to be able to, like, grow their careers much faster than, say, they would in a normal established company. Um, our, our challenges as a high-growth startup is really around disciplined execution. So, you know, we, we have the joy of having found product market fit very fast. We have a lot of interest from a lot of organizations around the world. Mm. And so what we've chosen to do is focus on a few core markets and to go really, really deep. Uh, as of today, uh, yeah, kind of breaking news for you all is we have 14 clients in very active conversations and 17 billion of assets on the platform wow. today. Uh, we have clients spreading from Australia to Malaysia to Taiwan to Germany, uh, the Netherlands and IBC as a mm. public, and the US already. Small and geographies. Small, small geographies, small part of the world. Um, and the aim is, you know, for us to go deeper in these countries and, uh, you know, service our clients, delight our clients yeah. time and time again. I mean, the, the beautiful thing around that is you've proven it, right? You know, you guys are in a, a situation where, you know, the platform is working for you. That's right. So, well, I mean, similar to if you look at what BlackRock have done uh, with their Aladdin platform, Aladdin, yeah. you know, actually it works so well for BlackRock. And if you want to be like BlackRock, then Aladdin is the platform. So I'm not surprised you've got so many people sort of uh, queuing up because many technology players will sit in a basement for three years delivering the thing that they think is right. But without a reference client, <clears throat> 
isn't. It's yep. meaningless, right? Yep. So do you think that's why you're having so much success? Because, I mean, success breeds success, right? Yeah, now that is the conversation we have with most of our clients is what is the proof point that the platform works? And, you know, the Oakenorth Bank here in the UK is now a, we've lent about 4 billion sterling um, over the years and continue to grow. We've helped 17,000 uh, homes be constructed in the economy. So back to kind of helping mid-market companies grow. Yeah. Um, our proof points are around our net interest margin, around how we manage losses, how we monitor, et cetera. Um, and that's very, very compelling for financial institutions overseas. And uh, I go back to the founders again, you know, for Joel and Rishi to say, let's start with a proof point and then roll out the platform around the world um, was an absolutely brilliant strategy. Mm. Now, that said, you know, the bank in the UK itself is a regulated entity. It's doing incredibly well. It is a business into itself. Mm but it's a very, very powerful proof point, yeah. an example for uh, for other financial institutions we work with. Yeah, I mean, you know, here you guys are the uh, uh, maybe less noisy than like the Monzos and the Starlings of the world, but far more profitable, clearly, in terms of actually it being a, a real sure. business. You know, I'm a firm believer it's probably not a business until it's actually making revenue, right? Uh, or at least, you know, at least revenue, but hopefully profit. So um, the fact that you guys have set that up, and obviously, I mean, from a valuation perspective, it was only, was it last year, that uh, quite a big round from SoftBank, SoftBank and actually a very big valuation as well. Yep. Um, but, you know, individual organizations, valuations can scale so far. Yep. But actually, when your revenue starts becoming annual recurring revenue based on the platform, actually a 2.8 billion <clears throat> valuation might be minuscule in the basis of actually what you can set up. Yep. I, look, I, I think valuations are an outcome, they're not an objective. Sure. And, you know, if you've heard me say that in other forums as well. Um, the tension for any entrepreneur is how do you invest in growth mm -hmm. and how do you invest in creating a generational company which is linked to profitability? Mm -hmm. And we strive for that same balance between being profitable from pretty much nine months into the formation of the company through to continuing to be profitable and growing our profits while not shortchanging our growth aspirations. Um, we're collectively a very firm believer that profitability will ride us over the long run. And hopefully things like valuation and fundraising and all of those things, you know, um, come along the way as just markers of us building a great product and a great company. Yeah. I think they're definitely signs of success, but not success in themselves. I That's right. Agree. That's so, right. I mean, back to the talent side of things. Yeah. And obviously with your, your heritage from, from, from Google, sure. um, big part of your job before, big part of the job now, you know, getting the right talent through the door. Um, how have you found the, the UK market, I guess, in comparison to the San Francisco market or the, the US market? Yeah. The, um, the beauty of London has always been it's an incredibly attractive location mm. for folks from across the world. So if you look at the diversity of our team, for example, our engineering team, we have folks from pretty much every nationality you would recognize and that's our aim of running engineering out of London and a few other places is to be in locations where we can attract the best minds from around the world. Um, and, you know, as, as, as we talked about before, David, like the, the scale up in engineering over the last couple of months mm -hmm. is testament to our ability to attract great folks who are, you know, who are passionate about this space, who bring engineering product. We do a lot of work around machine learning um, to bear. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, and have you found any specific skill set more difficult to kind of come by here? Because, I mean, obviously quite a 
uh, intense market here. Yep. I mean, particularly, I mean, it's even getting down into the weeds. It's like we struggle sometimes getting Kotlin devs or uh, React native engineers. Yep. But there's an interesting sort of, oh, I actually I put a post out about it today, but people are kind of waging this war on talent, yeah. which is sort of the wrong way of looking at it. They're seeing it like an adversarial thing. Yep. But, it, but to your point before, if you create the right culture, That's it right. becomes magnetic. Yeah. And I, you know, look, I, I think talent is not a zero-sum game. So there doesn't have to be winners and losers. It's about creating a vibrant ecosystem for everyone to flourish. Um, the Valley has, to be fair, had a head start and is a deeper talent pool than, say, a lot of other markets. But it's been remarkable how quickly opportunities through you know, startups and other companies have bred uh, you know, great new folks that are coming into the market. Um, London's also really fortunate in having a really, really great academic backbone with all the universities here. Yeah. Um, so what we see is the universities are changing their courses in response to what commercial entities need. Uh, we're seeing more and more training courses. We invest a lot in training our own folks, and that just breeds more talent. Mm -hmm. I think there will always be a run on technical talent as far out as we can see. Uh, so that run or the war on talent, as you say, which I think was coined back in 2000, if I remember history right, um, we'll continue. The, yeah, we've had the war on drugs, the war on talent. Like, like, I'm not sure the war on really gives I, it a I good vibe. Say, yeah, yeah. So. The talent piece sounds lovely. The war yeah. on peace probably is, uh, is not the, the moniker we want to go for. Um, but it's great, you know, it's, it's great to see folks have opportunities to be able to have impact across different organizations. Mm. I mean, uh, you weren't the only big name joining Oak North recently. I like to think that on your, your first day, you and Philip Hammond were sat there on an onboarding together, you know, what do you do? Where did you come from? So, I mean, amazing hire, like, uh, you know, former, um, uh, with all those political backgrounds, you know, former UK Chancellor and Foreign Secretary. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty impressive kind of, uh, you know, breed of intake to kind of come in. Um, did he join first or did you join first? And how much of a sign of intent do you think that is to the market? Well, I think we're, uh, we're, we're incredibly privileged to have Philip join our advisory board. Um, I don't know who went first. That's, that's a question, I think, for Rishi and Joel to know which offer letter went out the door first. Uh, but we are, we are incredibly privileged to have a person of his caliber join us as an advisor. Yeah, and, and for us, if you think about our market, our clients are financial institutions and, and non-banking financial institutions. They're equally governments and regulators. Mm -hmm. So having Philip, who has been the exchequer for the UK, uh, be an advisor to us helps us think about countries, regulators, it helps our clients as well yeah. think about you know, the more macro environment. Um, and as we scale as a company, you know, he's going to be invaluable in giving us advice around just how do we think about the financial system and our, our role in the financial system. I mean, this is something where, I mean, Oak North have pretty good pedigree in that already. Uh, you guys were the first person to work with the FCA to actually implement into the cloud. So, you know, having that type of relationship, such a, you know, most financial services organizations have quite an antagonistic relationship, shall we say, with the, the regulators. But having such a good partnership globally will, I, I you know, definitely bear yep. fruit for yep. sure. And, you know, it's part of our value proposition. So as we work in the countries that we talked about, one of the first things we do is work with the regulators um, to help them understand uh, what we're trying to do and why this is actually good for the for the finance ecosystem, which also in turn helps the institutions that we're working with to know that we're already working with regulators across different countries. Yeah. 
So I guess going back to the technology side of things, because sure. obviously there's a there's a, a lot going on in there in sure. terms of the platform and everything that you're looking to set up. I mean, one of Oatnor's sort of secret sources has always been it's um, technology with with humans. So mm-hmm. it's you know humans making the decision, but yep. the technology provides the a deeper level of insight to make sure that there's consistency and everything that kind of comes through. Yep. Is that very much the, the the plan going forward? Is it, you know, use artificial intelligence and machine learning to provide a better outcome? Or is it looking at more sort of automation around that? Yeah. Um, this is in the same category. We could go for a few days, yeah. you know, to get under the hood. But what I'll what I would say is our approach is since we're looking in, in loans in the range of one to 40 million, we'd never believe that there will be an algorithmic outcome as to whether to grant a loan or not. So what we provide is a combination of deep data analytics, a team of credit scientists who focus by domain, by geography on deep credit analysis, the type of analysis you would see on institutional loans. And then our platform helps monitor those loans. So to give, to give you like a more tangible example around data and analytics and credit, you know, we, we view the world as 37 different sectors and 1,600 uh, subsectors underneath that. Across each of those, what we look for is drivers as to whether a loan or an asset is of a certain credit worthiness. And we use machine learning, data science, the things that you know, your senior most credit analysts have learned over the years you know, as decision trees against a vast pool of data to help then the credit scientists make recommendations on behalf of financial institutions and to the financial institutions in terms of credit worthiness of a loan. And then ultimately, once a financial institution decides to go grant that loan, we use that same set of data, sectors, subsectors, machine learning, intelligence to monitor a loan on an ongoing basis. So it's really a combination of data plus machine learning plus credit analysis. We call it credit science um, that we offer to different companies. Yeah, and that's great. You know, again, it the more data you have access to at that point, the better that whole system is going to work, right? right? So on a on a global scale, that would be fascinating. You know, the again, the more partners you have on the platform, Absolutely. the more data, the better the whole system will work. Yeah, and you know, we collect a lot of data from public sources that you would expect. You know, alternative data sources. Uh, where financial institutions are comfortable sharing uh, borrower data, we use that for them alone. We don't use it across uh, across institutions. Um, but the power is really in the data and being able to analyze it at scale. Yeah, fantastic. Well, I mean, thank you so much for coming in. I know you're, you you've been me. super, super busy since uh, since you, you joined, and uh, no doubt, I mean, it's great to have a talent like you join these shores. I mean, in a in a Brexit world, then uh, you know everybody's talking about who is leaving rather than necessarily who's coming. But it's great to find that you've uh, found a good home in London. So uh, we'll definitely have you back on FinTech Insider News or something along those lines. So uh, come and pop in the office soon. Thank you again for having me. No problem. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening. If you want to join the discussion, find us over on social media at Fintech Insiders on Twitter and find us on Facebook, Instagram, Periscope, YouTube. I mean, pretty much everywhere at that stage. Just Google us. It's probably easier, isn't it? As usual, don't forget to subscribe so you will never miss one of these episodes. And if you really, really love what we're up to, then please leave us a review. I think we've had just over 200 of them right now, which is pretty damn good going. All right, that's all for this week. Goodbye. Goodbye.